This message by Pastor Sunday Balogun was recorded live at Rainbow Charismatic Center. Be blessed as you listen. Church meeting is different from every other kind of meeting. In this atmosphere, in the house of God, we experience the glory and the power of God. Again, he said to emphasize to that person, what you are going through is what the Bible calls bed pang. Bed pang. When a woman is about to deliver, she goes through severe pain. And after that moment of pain, she delivers and then she forgets about all the pain. You're about to forget all the pains. Let's continue on what the Holy Spirit has been saying to us since the crossover service. Alignment for shift. Alignment for shift. Romans chapter 15, verse number 4. Let's just try and be attentive this morning. Let's avoid every form of distraction. Romans chapter 15, verse number 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. For whatever things were written before they were written for our learning. That we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. The reason why we have Genesis down to Malachi, it is so that you and I, as new creation believers, followers of Jesus, can have proper understanding of the workings of God. It is true that the New Testament dispensation started through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, it was when Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead that the born again experience or the new birth experience was made possible. But we have the entire documents of people who worked with God in different dispensations, following different systems, and so that you and I today, end-time believers, people of the last dispensation, can have a proper understanding of how to relate with God. So it says, all things were written. All scriptures were inspired by the Holy Ghost. All of these were written for our learning. So as we continue to look at the children of Israel, how they transited from the wilderness into the promised land, there is so much principles that you and I as New Testament believers can learn and abide with today. And so from the crossover service, we started with Joshua chapter number 5. How 
Verse 12, let's speak verse 12 again. How the wilderness experience was terminated. It was in Joshua chapter 5 that the wilderness journey ended. And so new, a new phase in the lives of these people or of this nation started. Joshua chapter 5 verse 12. And so Bible said that same year they ate of the fruits of the land. Joshua chapter 5 verse 12. So that same year they ate of the fruits of the land. So manna ceased Manna ceased and they tasted of the fruit of Canaan, of the land, that same year. So it was a new experience. And this morning we'll look at, as they settled in this land, God expected that they begin to take territories. The first city they took in the land was Jericho. That we read in Joshua chapter 6 last week. They took Jericho. But the plan of God was for them to dominate. Continue to have victory upon victory. Success upon success. God wanted them to be thoroughly established and satisfied with all the good things in the land. But for that to happen, for these people who have now left the wilderness into Canaan, for them to continue to have continual victory, to begin to move upward in life and in victory with God, they must align themselves with God. Now, their entrance into Canaan is a type of the born again experience. Okay? That's what it typifies. Their entrance into the land of Canaan is a type of our conversion experience. When you got born again, alright? When you received Jesus Christ into your, into your life as your Lord and Savior, your, your struggle in the wilderness of life, your struggle with sin, your, the reign of Satan over your life comes to an end. And so you have come into rest. You know, for over the years they were in the wilderness, there was no rest for them. They were moving from 10 to 10, there was no rest. But the moment stepped into Jericho, Bible said, began to eat the fruit of the land, they came into their rest. So that's what it typified for us. Okay, let's have proper understanding. Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. Let's pick it up from verse number 7. You will see how the journey of these people, their experience, how it is a good example and a type for us today. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, now this is a prophecy from David, saying in David today, after such a long time as it has been said today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua now, if you are reading from the King James Version, an old translation of the King James Version, you will see that the word Joshua here is Jesus. 
If you have the hard copy Bible, okay, try and put up the King James Version. Let's see. And that's it. Now look at it. So it says, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? That is, he would not have spoken of another day. Now, if you read the Old Testament as in the Old King James Version, and you think that this Jesus is referencing to our Lord and Savior Jesus, there will be absolute confusion, total confusion for you. Okay, that's why I, I started with the New King James Version. Now, Notice that the word Joshua, alright, is the same thing with Jesus. It has the same meaning. It means the Lord will save or God who saves. And so Joshua is the same thing as Jesus. In Hebrew, it's called Joshua, alright. In our modern language, now you're not calling him Jesus. But for distinction, okay, it's proper that in the New Testament that we have Joshua. If you read the New King James Version. But the old King James says that, for if Jesus had given them rest. Now, he's not talking about Jesus, the son of God, or the Messiah. He's talk, this one here is talking about Joshua. Joshua chapter 5 and chapter 6, okay? Do you get it now? Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, he gave them practical rest. As in, he took them from the wilderness, they crossed the river Jordan, and they moved into Jericho. Now, it's, Paul the Apostle is alluding to this, that this experience is a type of something spiritual to come. Alright? So, Joshua could not give them spiritual rest. He could not give rest to their spirit. He could not give rest to their soul. The only thing Joshua did was to move them from their walk in the wilderness into Jericho. Do you understand it now? Okay, so let's go back to the New King James Version. Of this same verse. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Nine. Therefore, remains therefore a rest for the people of God. There remains a rest that is superior to the rest the children of Israel had in Jericho. There remains a rest for the people of God. Verse 10. For if he who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his own works as God did from his. 11 to 12. Let us therefore, take note of this, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone should fall according to the same example of, just leave it there. Lest anyone should fall according to the example of disobedience. So you see now that now we are in Christ Jesus. We have come into spiritual rest. Not of works. Alright? By believing in Jesus, our sins have been forgiven. We have become recipient of eternal life. We have been connected with God. As long as we are here on earth, we have rest for our soul. When our walk, when our journey on earth ends, we know that we shall spend eternity with him. But it says, there are some Christians that will not have vital rest. What do I mean by vital rest? There are different kinds of rest. There are two aspects of our redemption. There is the legal and there is the vital. There is the legal and there is the vital. 
The legal is what has been done. The legal experience of, of our salvation is what has been done. For instance, Bible said he was wounded. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him by whose stripes we are healed. Apostle, Paul, Apostle Peter put it this way. He said, by whose stripes you were healed. So legally, legally, we are healed. Legally, we are blessed. Legally, we are prosperous. Legally, we are holy. Legally, we are righteous. Legally, we have entered into rest. But you see, not many of us are actually having a vital experience of what Jesus has done for us. Do you get it now? And so we need to, we need to align ourselves to have vital victory or experience rest that Jesus Christ has made possible for us. And this is what the children of Israel missed. So let's go back now to Joshua chapter 7, our spotlight this morning. You see, now they are in Jericho, but some of them were still not getting it right with God. Now they are born again. Now they are in Jericho. Then they were still wasting it. We saw a man in Jericho how he died miserably. Though he was in Jericho. So let's pick this up very quickly. Now, but the children of Israel, they committed a trespass regarding their cost things. For Achan, the son of Kama, the son of Zadi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took their cost things so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. The anger of the Lord born against the children of Israel. I heard someone say some time ago that God cannot get angry anymore. That God does not have anger anymore. That God had exhausted his wrath, his anger on Jesus Christ on the cross. So regardless of what we do with our lives today, regardless of how we live our lives today, nothing they happen. Nothing they happen. That God has exhausted his wrath, his anger on Jesus. Then you ask them, where did they see that in the Bible? Is it not after the death of our Lord Jesus Christ that Ananias and Sapphira, they died miserably? Horrible deaths. Who killed them? The Bible said the Holy Ghost killed them. And so some ignorantly say, ah, oh, God has exhausted his rod. God doesn't get angry anymore. Who told you that? As, see, when you are aligned with God, you have nothing to fear. Alright? See, God is unchanging. He's still the same. His mode of oppression has changed, but God is still the same. When you align yourself with God, even in the old dispensation, you have nothing to fear. He's your father. He's your friend. He's on your side. He's your partner. But if you are not aligned with God, you have every reason to be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Because God, Bible says, is a consuming fire. And so now, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent them to Jericho, from Jericho to Ahai, which is beside Beth-Haven, on the east side of Bethel. And he spoke to them, saying, go up and spy out the country. And so the men went and they spied out Ahai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all the people go up, but let about 200 
or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not worry all the people there. For the people of Ai are very few. So about 3,000 men went up before there before the people. But they fled before the men of Ai. Why? And the men of Ai, they struck down about 36 men. And they chased, they chased them from before the gate as far as Sherem and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of all the people melted and became like water. For us to appreciate this, let's, let's slow down a little. When they were to take Jericho, okay, it is their pattern to always send out spies, scouts. It started with Moses. Moses went ahead, spent 12, 12 spies. They went ahead and they spied out this land. Among the 12 spies, Joshua, who now became the successor, who eventually led them into the promised land, was among the two who came back with good reports that they were able to take the land. So as they were approaching Jericho again, Joshua sent out spies to see after many years. He sent out spies to look at the city of Jericho. And when he got inside, he discovered that the fear of the children of Israel had entered the hearts of the people. Now, Jericho had fortified city. They have highly skilled fighters. But the fear of the things that God has done for them occupied their heart. And so by the time they went into the city, the men were broken. You know the strategy God gave to them, we look at last week. You know, God just said to them through Joshua, he said, you are not going to fight. Tell your guys to go around the walls, the fortified city. All right? And on the seventh time, let them shout. There is a time to shout and there is a time not to shout. So he says, let them shout. And as they shouted, the walls came down. Jericho had trained men, but they were conquered and defeated. But this time around now, from that same Jericho, they were to extend their territory and begin to drive out the enemies. As in, have vital victory. From glory to glory. From strength to strength. And so spies went out and they looked at the city of, uh, of Ai. They said, ah, boss, Joshua, we don't need to send out all the men. Let's just send out only 3,000 fighters because the men are few. They were supposed to just finish them because of the covenant, because of the presence of God. They were supposed to just finish the people of Ai just like that. It is like bread. But they were disappointed when they got into a fight. The children of Israel were defeated and the rest of them ran back. What? This shouldn't be. And suddenly Joshua knew that something was wrong. You know, Jesus Christ quoted uh, David when he said about Psalms 82. He said, know ye know that ye are gods and every one of you are sons of the Most High. He said, but you die like mere men. And so there are times, there are things that children of God will do that will make them experience defeat like normal, ordinary people. And not to seem as though they are not children of God. You are gods. You are sons of the Most High. But you die like common men. What happened? When they came back, wow, people were rejoicing before. Suddenly, 
they became depressed. Everyone was weak. What happened to us? What happened? How come we lost to these small people? What happened? And they began to make inquiry. So children of God can experience defeat. You can be born again and suffer loss. You can be born again and suffer defeat. And that will happen if you do not align yourself with God. Verse number six. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. And the elders of Israel, they began to put dust on their head. This is shameful. Joshua said, alas, God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we have been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. This is it now. Joshua said, it should have been better if we remain in the wilderness on the other side of the Jordan. Now because they were defeated just by a small group of people, it was, it was a hard blow for them. It was a hard one for them. And so Joshua was depressed. The entire elders, they were all depressed. What happened? And then, oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns it back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and they will surround us and they will cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Now the Lord now answered, this is the reason why. On my end, I am faithful to the covenant. When I make a promise, I stick to it. I didn't bring you this far to abandon you. This defeat is not caused by me. This setback is not caused by me. So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up! Why do you lie toss on your face? Israel has what? Sinned. And they have also transgressed my what? Covenant. Let's pause there. Let's pause there. They have transgressed my covenant. If you were at uh, the, the way Faith and Wisdom Conference, we talked about covenant, right? Which is a practical engagement with God. You are born again, fine. But every child of God is expected to have a practical engagement with God. You cannot just say you are born again and then you think you are free to live anyhow, to do things anyhow without consequence. Or be reckless, be rebellious, and then you, you still be claiming promises. See, you cannot claim promises when you are not playing your part. So God said, listen, the reason why you, would, you were defeated, why you did not get resolved is because you have sinned and you have transgressed against my covenant which I commanded them. I gave them a strategy. I gave them principles that will cause them to thrive. I gave them laws that will distinguish them from all the nations of the earth. I give them precepts that I don't give other nations. But they transgress it. For they have eaten. For they have even taken some of their costings. 
and are both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Look at it. The guys who did this, one of their leaders would look at later, Achan. He was born in the wilderness. All he has seen in his life is manna. Alright? That's why he was used to manna, manna, manna. Because he's, he belonged to the second generation. He was circumcised before they got in. And now, they are in Jericho. From Jericho, they are to extend to Ahai. And then the guy saw gold. He saw good stuff that he has not seen before. Before they went, God gave them precept. If you continue to enjoy my backing, alright? If I'll continue to be the one backing you up, supporting you, there are things you will not do that others are permitted to do. You must not touch anything. Let, let, let's, let's, let's digress a little. The first king that Israel had, his name Saul. He found favor with God. God honored him. He was not even supposed to be, you know, in line for kingship. His tribe was not supposed to rule. But God overruled his precept and brought Saul into kingship. And he ruled for a while until Saul decided to break covenant. God said to him when he went to war with the Amalekite, God said, everything, take everything off. Spare no one. But Saul now is becoming big. He's becoming more intelligent than God. So when he went, he reserved the best goats. He kept the king alive. And when Prophet Samuel came into the camp and he began to hear the bleating of the goat, he was so furious. He said, what has come of you, Saul? You were small in your eyes when God picked you. But now you think you can, you can, you can counsel God. You can advise God. God specifically instructed, alright, that you are to take everything. Don't spare anything. And then he said, this was I kept alive. I actually wanted to offer them a sacrifice to God. Ah, uh ah. -uh. Prophet Samuel said, who sent you? And that's where these famous statements emanated from. Obedience is better than sacrifice. For that singular act, he lost the throne. God said, I've seen a man who will do everything that I command. Who will do according to my heart. For violating God's covenant with him. Alright? What God instructed him, he lost the throne. And so these guys also, for breaking covenant, they were defeated by their enemies. Which God commanded them. They took their course then. And so Achan looked at the stuff and he began to take, began to steal. I realized this said, please, let's, let's, let's get this one. Okay? If you steal as a Christian, almost times, eh, people who steal, eh, they steal because they do not have trust in God to provide for them. Let's, let's, let's look at it in a natural perspective. Do you know why Nigerian politicians are among the worst on earth? 
Why? Even though they, are, they have accumulated, not all of them will have wonderful politicians, okay? They are good politicians in Nigeria. Why some of them, even though they have acquired money, hundreds of millions and all that, they will still steal consistency allowance that could just be, say, 5 million, 10 million to buy something for their, they will still steal it. You know why? They are deficient of skill to earn proper living. The only way they can make money is by stealing. They don't have the skill to, to make money outside of politics. And so that's why you see they hoard. And God doesn't like that. When you steal, you are saying, God, I don't trust you to provide for me. That's what you are saying. I do not trust you to take care of my needs, so I will steal. Let me quickly help myself. And this was a big blow. So Achan saw this and ah, opportunity, opportunity, come but once. Gold and silver that you have and be tired. So he began, ah. So Bible said he took. The guy just took and he went somewhere. He hid it. And he didn't know that that act disqualified him from future blessing. He didn't know. So he took that thing. He hid it. Because, now listen, now we, we don't have that today anymore. Because the, the engagement, the war they went into was a collective one. They went as an army. The instruction was given to them. So if one person violates the law, everyone is guilty. Everyone will suffer the consequence. It was very bad. Today now, your sin will not have so much effect on me. Praise God. You know, before, eh, when I was growing, coming up in the faith, if there is no move of God, let's say in a group of people, like in a church like this, you say it's because there are acorns in our midst. So we need to pray for all the Achans. Achans. <laughs> Achans. It's because there are Achans. That's why the power of God is not moving. No, today, today, there is no Achan that can stop the flow of God's power in a group. God will deal with you as an individual. Praise God. <laughs> so your problem cannot stop all of us. But for these people, the sin of one man actually terminated the, the, the support or the defense of God over them. Let's continue. So, covenant was broken here because there was no practical obedience. Therefore, the children of Israel, they could not stand before their enemies. But they turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy their cause thing among you. Now, Joshua have to find out whose tribe, whose family, and the person responsible for this colossal defeat. Now, God said to them, see, until you realign yourself with me, you are not about to see my support. That's what God established here. So you can be born again, but if you are not working with God, 
as instructed in covenant, you cannot enjoy the backing of God. Praise Jesus. Back to that Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. Verse 11 again. Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 11. There is a rest for us. Okay? There is practical rest for the children of God. So it says, let us therefore be what? Diligent. Let us be diligent to enter that rest. Let us take practical step, make practical effort to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same, the same example of disobedience. What brought defeat to the children of Israel? In that, in the instance we read, is what disobedience, right? Disobedience of woman. So he's saying to us that if you too, in this dispensation of grace, if you are walking in disobedience, you will not be able to enter into his rest. You cannot have vital rest. Glory be to God. You'll be saying, Yes, I'm born again, but you don't have vital rest. To have vital rest under this dispensation of grace, there is still need for individual Christian to walk in obedience to the mandate of God, to his principles, to his word. And for you to know that he's calling for obedience to his word, the next verse, he's calling for obedience to his precept, to his principles, to his command to you as a new creation. Verse 12, so he says, for the word, of God is what? Is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and is a designer of the thought and intent of the heart. So what is he calling you for? What is he calling you onto? He's calling the believers today into obedience to his word. Find you are born again. Find you have left the wilderness. You are now in Canaan. For you to enjoy the fruit of the land. For you to take territories. To move from glory to glory. Have vital possession in the Canaan that you are in. He says, you are to take heed to his word. First Peter chapter 4. Chapter 1, sorry. First Peter Chapter number 1, verse 14. Oh, Shabbatash. So there is a way to walk. There is a way to live. In the kingdom, we have a culture. Praise God. In the kingdom of God, we have a culture. See, we shouldn't even have to be, you know, if you are truly born again, you don't have to be telling people that you are born again before they will know you are born again. Bible says it is by their fruits you will know them. There is a culture. There is a lifestyle people will see and they will know that oh, this person is different. Bible said when they observed the life of the early disciples of Jesus Christ, they testified that these ones they have been with Christ because their lifestyle was different. 
if you have had an encounter with God as a life-transforming encounter, your friends who used to know you before, they should know, oh, this guy is different now. Because there is a new culture. Hallelujah. There is a new culture. You can't say, I'm born again, or you come to church, and then you are still the same. You are still talking the same way. You are still acting the same way. Then it means you are not conforming. There is a culture, there is a lifestyle that causes the blessing of the kingdom to find expression in your life. You have to develop the lifestyle of the kingdom to enjoy the blessing of the kingdom. Glory to God. He says, as obedient children, we are obedient children. When he says we are as obedient children, you know, we obey the gospel, we respond to the gospel. That's what got us saved. Now he says we have to take that obedience a step further. As obedient children, you are not to conform yourself to the former lost as in your ignorance. Now the problem with Achan was this. Achan conformed himself to his former lost and his ignorance. Achan, you are now in Jericho. You are no longer in the wilderness. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You cannot live like you used to live anymore and expect the blessings of heaven to flow today. You can't. There is a way to live in the kingdom. And the way to live is to obey all of his word, all of his counsel, all of his injunction. You align yourself. You have a practical walk with God. That's what we cause to continue to experience his backing, his favor, and his blessings. Not just in saying, but in doing. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter number 10. Verses 6. 2 Corinthians 10.6. And being ready. Okay, for, for clarity's sake, let's take 5 and 6. Verse 5. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself Against the knowledge of God. See, our greatest challenge, listen, as believers, our greatest challenge are thoughts contending with the knowledge of God. Right? Now, you carry your Bible and you read. And you see where God says, like that first Peter we read, not conforming yourself to your former loss. Alright? Because the things of this world, they are fading away. You look at it, wow. This is what God expects of you. And then, just while you are contemplating on that, okay, so God expects me to abstain and devote my body, my soul, my everything to him. And then, just then, Satan will come with his own thoughts and begins to pump at your face, on your mind, all the pleasures of this life. You will miss this too. You will miss that too. Grab it now. Grab it now. So the thoughts begin to contend with the knowledge of God. So he said there is an ongoing battle. And this battle is in your mind. And what you are expected to do is to continually cast it down. See, negative thoughts are very stubborn. 
Right? Do you know that as you are in church, in church, in this house of God, do you think that Satan is afraid of this house of God? Even as you are there now, he can bring evil thoughts into your heart. Right? It is possible that as you are looking at me now, you just wish that you just stole me. I'm telling you, you don't know the devil. You just say, what's he saying now? I wish, I wish I can extend my hand and slap him. <laughs> In the house of God. <laughs> and so, negative thoughts will always come. And they are stubborn, right? Every thought has a source. Get this. Every what? Thought has a source. The things that crosses your mind, they don't just come. They have a source. Every information, everything you see or hear, they have a source. And so, the evil thought, the negative thought, flashing through your mind, coming through your head, they are coming from Satan. Right? You are born again. You are a child of God. But these things are there. So he says, this is what you are to do. You are to continue to cast down, casting down arguments. This thing that I want to begin to reason, contend with, the knowledge of God. God says this, but your mind says, no, no. Economy says otherwise. Mercy says otherwise. Science says otherwise. Right? So your mind is analyzing, your mind is arguing. So he says, this is it. This is how you know you are progressing in God. You're being able to subject your own thought and not all those thoughts to the knowledge of God. As they are coming, you are bringing them down. You are saying, hey, God's thought is superior. God's way is greater. Bible says, as the heaven is high above the earth, so are his thoughts higher. Alright? So I'm not trying to analyze it, the thought of God. The counsel of God is superior. So I'm bringing it down. Every time Satan says, for instance, now maybe the area will say, you know, you can, have, you, can have, you can have five wives, you can have seven wives, you, can have, you bring it down. That is not the perfect counsel of God. The counsel of God is that one man, one woman. Every time it comes, you bring it down. You are subjecting it to the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into what? Captivity. To what? To the obedience of Christ. You are bringing them down to the obedience of Christ. The next verse now. And then it says, be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Wow. You see, there are disobedience, there are illegalities, there are corruptions, there are attacks of the devil we cannot resist successfully that you will not be able to resist successfully if you are not submitted to God. Bible says you submit to God. Resist the devil and you flee. The challenge, the problem with many of us is this. We don't start by submitting. We are confronting devils. You are resisting. Satan, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I bind you. I lose you. I cage you. Holy Ghost thunder. Holy Ghost bulldozer. Holy Ghost fire. Fire you. And Satan is looking at you like this. 
Oh yeah? Keep shouting. Continue to shout. So when you finish shouting, say, I'm still here. Oh. Are they here? In your face. In your face. Because Satan knows you are a rebel like him. A rebel cannot rebuke a rebel. You are of the same kind. <laughs> so the precept is this. Go and submit yourself to God. When you submit yourself to God, you don't have to be screaming. You don't have to be shouting at the devil. Just one word from a man who is submitted to God will cause the devil to flee. Are we getting this thing said? Awful times, the reason why we are praying and we are not getting results, we are screaming, we are binding, and we are not getting results is because we are not aligned with Listen, if Joshua had not called for a meeting to search the cause of their defeat, if they had said, okay, let us, let us re-strategize. Okay, we are defeated because we went with 3,000 fighters. Let's take 10,000. What would have happened? All the 10,000 would have been wiped out. <laughs> so, it is not about pressing further now. It's about searching yourself first. But this guy was discerning. He something is wrong. Let me search myself. Let me examine myself. See, when you, when you walk in obedience with God, one of the things it does is that it gives you boldness to assess the throne of grace. I tell you. It gives you boldness in the place of prayer. Because to the best of your knowledge, you are doing everything it says to do. Don't be like these talking Christians who don't obey God. You cannot produce results. You cannot experience the dynamic shift that God wants you to have. You cannot enjoy the fruit of the land if you are not walking in obedience. So, we'll be able to resist rebellion. Resist the disobedience of the devil when our obedience is complete. So, why you and I should labor according to that Hebrew chapter 4? Where we should labor where we should be diligent. He said, be diligent to enter into that rest. Let us not fall according to the same example of disobedience. We have to be diligent. So where I am walking, where I'm focusing on is aligning myself with God by obeying his word. Whatever the Lord says, I will do. When I begin to do what he says, then I begin to see the results he has promised. God is faithful. He will always keep covenant. But the question is, are we keeping our part of the covenant? So that's why Apostle Paul says, let us walk out our salvation. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3.12. It's Philippians 3. Just give me a minute. Okay.
Okay, it's two, sorry. Philippians chapter two. Chapter two, verse 12 and 13. Philippians 2, 12, 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Do what? Walk out. Your what? Your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, he didn't say to walk on. Alright? You cannot do that. We came into salvation by faith. Alright? Bible says it is by faith that we are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. But it says we are to work it out. Now, for you to have a vital experience of salvation, you have a part to play. So it says you have to work it out. It's like this. You know, you don't work on Mozu. As you are now, for us brothers, if you want to have six packs, you want to be bigger and fitter than you are now. It's already in you. Right? The mozu is there. So what do you need to do? You work it out. What is in you? You work it out. So the more you exercise, the more you strain your body, the stronger you become. Right? Is the weight, is the muscle coming from outside of you? No. It's inside. That's how this thing is. You have been saved by grace. Not of works, unless any man should boast. But how far you want to go? How big you want to become? How wide you want to be is now up to you. Do you get it now? So you now need to begin to gym spiritually. And that exercise is obeying his word. Whatever the Lord says, you are obeying. So as you are obeying, you are seeing results. Glory be to God. As you are obeying, you are seeing results. You are seeing the, the fruit of salvation in your life. So it says to work out your salvation. Work it out. Work it out. Align yourself with whatever thought says the Lord. Align yourself. And then you will see result. For when we are rebellious and disobedient, it will seem as though you are not even born again. You will still be having the same wilderness experience. Whereas you have come into Zion. Glory be to God. And so we are expected to be obedient children now that we have come into our rest. To have practical rest. To begin to enjoy the blessings and the backings of God, the favor of God in our lives. For us to continue to move from one level of glory to the other, we must continue to walk in obedience. Let's rise to our feet. Our time is up this morning and give this God praise. The one who has brought us out of the wilderness into our rest. Glory to God. Ah. Where the word says you are to speak, you speak. Where the word says you are to talk, you talk. You talk the way the word says to talk. You speak the word the way the word says to speak. We believe God's word you have just listened to will transform you and deliver your inheritance speedily. If you have testimonies via this message, please contact us at Rainbow's Place. Lot 6 Oju Mala Street off Okunoa Street, Adilu Bus Stop, Alodiapapa. Or call 0703977725 or 0807510968. You can also visit our website at www.rainbowng.org. Rainbow Influencing You. God.